Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome everyone once again to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always is the maestro of mail-order mysteries and owner of House of the Unusual, the one, the only, Eddie Guevara. What's up, Eddie? What's up, Joe? How's everything? Everything's good my way. How about you? Same old, same old over here, man. Just had some some rain today and, you know, some different stuff going on. But, you know, before we get into our conversation, let's let's give a shout out to all our, our friends of the podcast and their their websites, their stores, you know, where people could find some some cool items that they, they might be looking for. So today we're going to start off with the Sea Monkeys for our buddy Todd Machen. So if you're looking for anything that has to do with Sea Monkeys, head over to c-monkeys.com and they have everything that you need to get started to grow your underwater pets. They have different kits um they also have which are really cool which which todd sent me and i i really love the artwork on them is uh greeting cards they have looks like four five six seven eight nine ten different greeting cards and the artwork is absolutely beautiful they have a new uh light that you could put on the top of your sea monkey aquarium so that you could actually see them you know, swimming around at night, there's a little projector screen where it, it makes it look like the sea monkeys are, are watching a movie. So he has a lot of cool stuff on there. So head over to c-monkeys.com and uh, check out his store. Also, man, what I'm really excited about, and uh, I'm about halfway through reading the, the fourth issue, is uh, Stupid Comics Magazine. And, and we've been promoting this since we first found out about it and. I know a bunch of us have ordered all the the ones that are out, zero through number four, and they are a fantastic comics magazine. They're a little bit of a mixture between Cracked, Mad, and The Far Side. They're all in black and white and absolutely hilarious, and they were even kind enough to put an issue number four on the back page, a large, uh, full-scale, full-page ad for the House of the Unusual. So many thanks to Stupid Comics Magazine for that. And uh, for supporting our endeavors. So if you're interested in their magazine, head over to stupidcomicsmagazine.com and stupid is spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D, stupidcomicsmagazine.com. Also, as many of you know that I am a contributing writer for Scary Monsters Magazines. Uh, I I love writing for them and they always have great articles on, on classic movies and some stuff from the 80s as well. So you can head over to mymoviemonsters.com for the the newest issue and for any back issues. So issue number 123, which is the harrowing haunted Halloween issue, it's up for pre-order now, should be shipping somewhere around late September. Um, so you can head over and check that out. The, Scott Jackson did an amazing cover on it. It's going to be uh, just like we did last year with the Halloween issue. This is a glow-in-the-dark cover. And what they're trying to do with this one, as long as the printer, you know, does their job, uh, when you put this one under light and then look at it in the dark, you're going to be able to see some ghosts on there and monsters that you can't see in normal daylight. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So that's issue number 123. It's uh, out for pre-order right now, and you could get it regular, or for an extra dollar, you could get it bagged and bored. So that's at mymoviemonsters.com. Also, if you are interested in some horror magic and you want to support our brother Chuck Caputo, check him out on on YouTube under Sherry Caputo, and that's C H E R I Sherry Caputo. And Chuck has some amazing videos on there. They're, they're real quick videos, anywhere from three to four or five minutes long, and that's his site where he posts all his his new uh, videos of magic tricks. So head over there, subscribe to his channel, and you know give his videos a, a thumbs up. You'll you'll be absolutely amazed at what he does. All right, we also got our buddy Dave Haversat's site, eighteen seventy eight press dot com. That's one eight seven eight press dot com for all your magic and mentalist uh, book needs. He has a 
tons of books there to to check out at a great price. So that's 1878press.com. And if you're like me and you're always looking for some, you know, some monster movies or sci-fi movies to watch and you don't know what to watch, you're going through your DVD collection and, you know, you, you two well, I got a free streaming service for you that's online, and it is the monsterchannel.com. They run a 24-7 free streaming site there. They also have a little chat so you could talk with uh, some people that are also watching the movie or show, and they play horror, sci-fi. They have serials every once in a while, a Western or uh, Kung Fu movie, but there are some great stuff on there, and they also have a weekly schedule that's posted at the bottom. So check that out at themonsterchannel.com. So that's what we got for our our friends of the show. Just head over there and support them and, you know, see what they got because we're all about building a community. So let's head over to, let's see what the Crypt of Classics got for us today. So we are going to head down into the, the basement of the House of the Unusual where the Crypt of Classics is hanging out. And we'll see what we got for you this week. And oh man, this is a this is a good one. This is the Phantom Carriage from 1921, a film that is over. Well, it, yeah, it's a little over a hundred years old because it, it came out January 1st of 1921, and it is a uh, silent movie. It, it's an absolute fantastic movie. So I'll give you a little brief synopsis of it and and where you could find it. So The Phantom Carriage is a 1921 Swedish silent film distributed by SF Films and is directed by and stars Victor Jorstrom. The film is based on the 1912 novel Thy Soul Shall Bear Witness, written by Selma Lagerlof. It was released on January 1st, 1921 in Sweden, February 4th, 1921 in the United Kingdom, under the title, Thy Soul Shall Bear Witness. Then on February 1st, 1922, in the United States, under the title, The Stroke of Midnight. And the film has a runtime of 106 minutes. The Phantom Carriage is notable for its innovative narrative structure of flashbacks within flashbacks, its special effects, and for belonging to several genres, such as horror, melodrama, fantasy, and morality tales. The story revolves briefly around, well, mostly around a ghostly carriage that appears every every year at the stroke of midnight. So if you're the last person that died on midnight, the phantom carriage arrives at your body and you must take over the duties of the driver of the phantom carriage. And when somebody dies, you have to go around and collect their soul. So the movie revolves around that premise and it it's gets into a lot of uh, morality tales about drinking, taking care of family, and uh, basically being a, a good person. And the movie for a silent film, if you're not, if you're someone that's not really into silent films, I would definitely give this one a try. It it's a quick watch. It's very uh, yeah, it, it keeps your attention the, the whole way through. It, it is absolutely fantastic, and it is downright spooky. So if you're interested in watching this, the film could be found on uh, YouTube for free. However, the quality, it's, eh, you know, it's it's not too bad, you know, but it, it's it's there. But if you're like me and you want a, a good copy of it, check out the Criterion Collection. They released a beautiful Blu-ray copy in 2011 in collaboration with the Swedish Film Institute. Uh, that's definitely the way to go. There's some, there's tons of extras on it, you know really dig into the film and check out its history so that is the phantom carriage 1921 that is your weekly movie so once you have watched that movie head over at house of the unusual.com on our forum page pinned at the top of the form it, it will say crypto classics go on there let us know what you thought of the movie if you've watched it uh, hopefully that you like it i know I, I watched it a couple weeks ago and i was i was absolutely floored by the special effects especially that was over you know 100 years ago so that's our our cryptic classics movie for the week so eddie i'm gonna turn it over to you what is new over at the house of the unusual i know you've had some uh 
some things go on this week that you uh, you wanted to get into and let everybody know about? Well, uh, the things is basically no one expected. I was here Thursday night and in my my place, and then I decided to go home. And right after the podcast, I get a an email from my daughter saying that where my stuff is, um, I had a slight water. Water was seeping under the door, and she was here trying to make sure everything was okay. Apparently, that kind of threw me into a bit of a of a cram because I was scheduled to launch right after the live cast of uh, Chuck Caputo, the full line of the Atrix we advertised. But instead, I was able to put up the gathering, and haven't listed the other ones yet. And it, they will be uh, hopefully tomorrow. I'm going to list another two or three. So I can get the eight out there so people that are interested can go ahead and buy Chuck Caputo's new magic. Um, also, Chuck Caputo now is part of House of the Unusual. And most of his new videos are going to be put up in the House of the Unusual YouTube channel. And Chuck Caputo has created a magic line in the House of the Unusual. He is also a full-timer in the House of the Unusual right now. And he will be one of the hosts. So it's going to be me, Joe, and Chuck most of the time. His videos that are on houseoftheunusual.com on the um, on the actual YouTube channel, House of the Unusual, will consist of all the new magic tricks that he has. And there will be links underneath each of the videos so that people can purchase it. Um, and this is very important for people to know because the links will eventually link everybody to our website where they can purchase it on the website. Right now, I actually started listing them on eBay because I'm still working with the Wix uh, site, which is the one we use. And, you know, I'm learning the process of how to make the site a lot better and more interactive and intuitive for the people that come on that they can, you know, purchase things if they want to. They can, you know, become us if they want to. And one important thing that a lot of people, Joe, don't realize is that if anybody out there uh, and, and, you know, we would appreciate it because it's getting a little tough uh, with so many things that we're doing. If anybody out there wants to sponsor us, uh, you can actually start from 95 cents a month to 495 and become a sponsor for us in the podcast at anchor.fm. You can go directly and become a, a partner with us. And those partners are going to get special gifts from us. Now, what we're planning to do is in the next I think uh, I have spoken to Joe about it, but I was planning to, because like I said, I've been so overwhelmed between the water that came into my place to to trying to get the tricks out and produced, to writing the ads for them. It's become pretty, pretty hectic for me. But what I wanted to do, the most important thing is I want to launch the site for Ghost Ship Times, which is a newsletter that Joe himself has been putting together for us. And the first issue of Ghost Ship Times is going to be very exciting. It's going to have four never-before-published UFO photos, and they're going to be included. And they're going to have the little issue of Ghost Ship Times, and it's going to be set up uh, probably, I think I'm going to set this up on the Etsy channel to keep it away from the House of the Unusual right now because I don't, I'm working on how to integrate the two things together. Uh, to do the most right now is I'm trying to get the store that we have at, at the uh, house of the unusual.com website to have all our products there and all the links there. But as I'm working on that, I'm going to probably put them in different places so that we can at least launch them for now. Cause the important thing is we want to get people out there to get it. We don't want people out there to, um, you know, not, not get the stuff we're offering because we've been promising and, you know, I want to put it out. Now, one of the things I'm going to say, the first Ghost Ship Time newsletter deals with flying saucers and has two accounts written by Joe. It's phenomenal, people. You guys are going to love it. And it's going to have four never-before-published photographs. Again, look for that in the next couple of days. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you guys visit our channel each day, you're going to see new things starting to pop up. I'm also going to do a lot more uploading into YouTube. I'm planning to eventually do as much as two to three times a week. Um, I really want to get content out there and we're out there basically to show the people the new tricks we're, you know, we're doing, new uh, ideas we're planning, 
and it's a it's a work in progress right now. We started back in August of last year, and right now we've grown our channel to almost like five thousand subscribers, and you know, or listeners. So the point is, it takes time to build, but the ultimate goal is to keep on building it. So right now. Uh, as, as I'm speaking, like I said, in the next day or so, I'm going to launch one or two or three more of the Chuck Caputo magic tricks that were described in the live interview we had last Wednesday, uh, which came out really phenomenal. Actually, it wasn't last Wednesday. It was the Wednesday before. It was on, if I remember, Joe, on the 9th. Um, so not on the 9th. I'm sorry. What, what day was that, Joe, on the 2nd? I think I'm, I'm looking it up right now. So if anybody... Uh, is interested in it head over to youtube under house of the unusual and we have it on our our website page there and i'm I'm looking right now to see when it actually came out and it was yeah it was a week ago so that would have been september 1st it came out okay september it, 1st yes I'm, yep. I'm thinking a little bit ahead of here yep it's now, exposed chuck caputo Reveals amazing new magic line. So check that out at House of the Unusual on our YouTube page. You know, subscribe to our channel and, and like the video. There's tons of, of good stuff on there. So if you don't find a video on Chuck's page, you know, we have some of his magic on, on our page as well. Plus some some cool extras, some unboxing of, of some great uh, mail order items. That's correct. And also, very important, there's also a video that's called The Gathering, which is one of the first initial tricks I was able to launch that night. Um, and then, of course, I got the <laughs> I got the news of what was happening in my collection. Um, and, you know, a lot of people got to realize that one of the hardest things is, especially when you collect so much paper, is even if water goes and you have things off the ground or you're in the second floor, and I could give an example in the storage facility where I have another room, uh, which is a pretty large 10 by 12 room filled to the brim. Uh, it's an all, you know, it's, it's a facility that's what they call climate control. I, I'm on the second floor. I don't like the third because there could be leaks. I don't like the first because there could be flooding. So I'm always in the second floor or third floor if it has four floors. And um, one of the things is a couple of units on the third floor that were close to the walls, I think got some water in them. Uh, through the ceiling or whatever. So the point is, it's really hard to maintain a collection unless you have some designated museum somewhere in good standing. <laughs> There's always something you have to... I mean, here's an, a good example. Like, say, when I put a dehumidifier and it keeps everything nice and dry, there's also the problem that if you keep the dehumidifier for too long, since there's so much paper, it can actually, you know, convert, burst combust into fire you can't have it totally dry either so it has to have it's very hard to keep a perfect climate but anyway um it has caused a lot of headaches for me this week uh and then one of the funny things about it though is i I bring in this super powerful dehumidifier to make sure everything was uh suction out and in one of the process i stepped on the little uh tube that goes out the window and realized it was loose and I get a call again from my daughter. You're, you you caused the flood on your own, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, I flooded my own self again. Luckily, praise praise God, man. I go, Jesus, thank you that you saved my collection because. And this is funny because I always say, you know, God has been really good with me because it not only in my family and, and health and everything, but back in 1995 in a five alarm fire, that the entire facility I had my storage units in of which four would disintegrate it completely. I had a locker in the first floor that was about, it was a five by five foot locker. I remember it was $20 a month and it was about 30 feet up in the air and you had to pull this huge staircase, roll it up to the locker and you climb up there and then you can open it up and of course you put things in it. Now, what was the this steel box that was up in, in, in space there of course, the top of it was obviously it didn't have a top on it because the sprinklers would be you know right above it, but it did have like a mesh so like nobody could go. I mean, who the heck is going to climb up there and take things if it's like thirty feet in the air? So what I did is I had in there the monster ghosts and I had a lot of the original stuff from Honor House I had purchased, 
And believe it or not, everything that was in there, which, I mean, five by five foot lets me preserve a lot of the original novelties, uh, survived the fire. I, I didn't even get water or any, any type of damage on it. It was perfect. While on the second floor, one of my storages that did survive with a lot of the novelties, um, people do see that I have a huge novelty collection of S.S. Adams and stuff. Well, of course I do, because the S.S. Adams novelties that I have were the ones I used to sell in my magic shop back in 1989 when I had it. So what happened was is that the smell of smoke to this day, and we're talking 1994, 95, when it happened, you sometimes can grab the novelty and take a good whiff of the paper and you can still smell the fire on them. And, and it's been, you know, years. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, everything survived. Now I've had a couple of areas where water, not in my, my own home here, but the, the thing is that I did have a slight bit of a scare. It did seep under the door. And that's one good thing. I always tell people keep a lot of rugs and carpets, like, you know, in the entrance and everything, because, if you have any type of leak, they do tend to absorb most of the water and it won't go into your boxes. Now, one thing, Joe, and a lot of people don't know, if you have your boxes up high, even if it's four inches of the ground and there's water underneath them, you want to pick that up because if you don't dry it out, it, it gets absorbed by the paper above as it evaporates. And then that's, you know, you don't want that because it will be damaged to your products. Even if it doesn't get uh, you know wet right away, it can happen. Now, um, I did come across a couple of interesting finds as I was looking through boxes that I haven't opened in years. One of them is I found all the original Fun Factory orders, <laughs> or one of the boxes of orders, and I was going to take some photographs and you know put it on the um, on the blog on HouseToBeUnusual.com so people can say, "Wow." Those are the fun factory, and they could see an idea of what, you know, what people ordered back then. Um, and I also found a couple of interesting items I haven't looked at. I found my original Tickle Me Elmo that I bought <laughs> way back. This was when it was going for like $800. I had purchased it for 20 right before they went on sale. I should have sold it because obviously I'm not going to get $800 for one now, you know. But um, I found the Tickle Me Elmo. And I found uh, a couple of things there that I, you know, I haven't come across in, in many years. Uh, one of the also things that I found out, Joe, is the other day, and this is something really phenomenal. I, I, I think, <laughs> I think I was excited about. It. I see, and a lot of people know that a couple of months ago, about fifteen, let's let's go back about fifteen years ago, I was trying to buy in Chilo Theater, the House on Haunted Hill poster for the French version. It's a 57 by 63 poster that is, it's huge. But the guy had it up in the sky and he had it for around $579. And I'm like, wow, that's heavy to pay for a poster. So I was walking around, always trying to finagle my way so I can get it cheaper, you know. I went up there and asked the guy, but, you know, but I, I just asked him if he'd come down a little. And he said, what's the best you can do? And I said, would you take five, you know, 550? And he's like, nah. I have to think about it. Let me see at the end of the show. So I'm going round and round. So finally, it's almost 11 o'clock at night. The show's about ready to go. And I see the poster. And I'm going to go up there. And I said, now the guy, I'll probably offer him. I said, look, man, I got 500. I'll give you 500. Well, anyway, I go up there. And I go, where's the poster? And I saw the posters. I was going into the room. But as I walked to the back, uh, it's no longer up in the wall. And I go, it was just there. I just saw it outside. He says to me, I just sold it. I said, you sold it? And how much you sold it for? I said, 600 bucks. The guy gave me, I said, the guy gave you more? He said, yeah, because uh, I was taking it down. He didn't know the price. I told him 600, you gave it to me. So I'm like, wow, man. Ever since I spent like the last 10, 11 years trying to get the poster, but I didn't want to pay, you know, that much for it. And the problem was every time you see it on eBay, it goes for like 800, 1,300, 1,500. Some of them even go for $3,000 if they're linen back. So, and they do come very up very rare. Like, it's very hard to get the original house on Haunted Hill. So, anyway, the reason I tell the story is because I finally was able to get it from the same guy who had it that time and sold it for 600 And he knew I kept asking him year after year after year. He gives me a call and says, look, Eddie, if you want, I have a copy. I'm selling it for a friend, and he wants 500 for it. He said, I could sell it for a lot more, but I know you've been after it for so long and you bought a lot from me. 
If you like, I'll let you have it for 500. Man, no questions asked. The check was in the mail and bingo. A week later, I got the poster. And when I got it, you know, it's such a beautiful poster. I always wanted it. And then I go, wow, man, I didn't realize it was so flimsy. I mean, it's very thin. It's like comic book page thin. So when you open it up and stuff, you got to be careful because on the creases, it wants to rip. So I asked and I said, you know what? I'm going to get this sucker linen back. I don't need to restore it because it's in perfect condition. Like the poster doesn't have any type of, you know, it has like a slight little tear in one of the folds. But that once they linen back it, which is going to be about 300 bucks, um, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfectly preserved. I wish I could get a. A frame, but you know how hard it is to frame a fifty-seven by sixty-three. Oh, that costs it, it's, it's, way, way well, too much money. Plus, what you know, not, how are you going to transport it? <laughs> well, it's not just the cost. The problem is, where the heck are you going to put it? Unless my wife lets me take half of the living room my wall, I don't think she'll let me put it there. But anyway, here's here's the story that I've been, you know, talking about the post and everything. But this is the exciting part. I came across on the internet the other day with well, when Vincent Price did the House on Haunted Hill. Prior to that, he did a movie called The Bat, which was with Agnes Moorhead. If people don't know who Agnes Moorhead is, that's the uh, the mother from Bewitch, the show. Now, Agnes Moorhead, back then, very pretty woman when she was super young. Uh, she did the movie with Vincent Price, and it was called The Bat. And there was a poster that was kind of as big as the house in Haunted Hill, a French version. But it looked like it could glow in the dark. It was all like bluish and green. And the poster was phenomenal. I go, man, boy, do I wish I had that poster. I said to myself, you know, and the guy was asking like $2,000 for it. And I go, like, oh, my gosh, man, wow. So I just looked at it in awe, and I was like, man, I wish I had it. So fast forward, I'm talking to my friend, and I said to him, you know, we're talking about the different things we get in, you know, flea markets and the stuff we bought out throughout the years. And I'm talking to my friend Jim, and Jim says, Eddie, do you remember you have the, that poster from the... And I said, what do you mean I have that poster? He said, they're talking about the green poster? He goes, yeah, don't you remember when you bought it over to the pharmacy? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did. Now, my question is, where the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I do have the poster. I remember buying that $2,000 poster. Funny thing is, when I remember buying it, I think I paid under 100 for it. This was like, you know, back in, I don't know, 2010, 2011, I think, when I bought it. But um, I, I thought I'd tell that story because now I'm actually, uh, you know, I've been looking here tonight as I, I've been cl not cleaning up, but I've been reorganizing, rearranging. And I figured, let me open and see if I can come across that poster. It would be phenomenal and have both of them linen back because I think there would be, if you could put those two posters together in a wall in future if because you know i have been talking with dave harvest i've been talking with chuck and i've been talking with you joe that it would be so great to try to open up some type of museum uh you know like get a nice big large room that has like 13 15 foot ceilings <laughs> so you can lay out all those posters because what good are they if you can't lay them out now i i also was asking myself this question and you know, and one thing, one thing I want to say real quick, uh, not to get off the subject here, but I want to give a shout out to Jim and to Charlie, who will listen to the show every week. And I want to thank him for listening. And also, I wanted to say that um, I'm also waiting for Jim to uh, bring me the donation of the Brown Derby hat and the photograph of the, uh, the mysterious person, supposedly the ghost that wears it, because uh, I like to really put that up in the website. That would be phenomenal, you know. Um, and, um, you know, going forward, what I was saying is we were talking about, you know, how posters are. And I, I, one of the questions that I said, you know, what, why did the French make such huge posters back in the fifties and forties when in reality, you know, the houses, especially back in the forties, even in the United States, most people in New York city, for example, they lived in what was called tenements, which were like, you had a building. And then in one floor, you had one bathroom and you had like eight or four or eight uh, rooms and people rented the rooms, you know, couples, whoever it was. And everybody used the same bathroom down the hallway, kind of like in the Abbott and Costello comedy hour where uh, you have those. There, there were tenements like that. And 
most of the buildings were like that. And then, so the idea is that they were very small. Even a lot of the houses in, in New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, unless when you go up to Massachusetts, they're a lot bigger and stuff like that. But I mean, they most of the houses that were built, which most of the houses in anywhere in New Jersey were built in the 1930s, except for new construction, they have all had it had parts added on. So you could look at a house and you go, wow, this house was actually smaller when it was first built, but then they added to it. And the reason that was is because the houses were pretty small. So my question to Jim was like, why the hell did they publish posters that are 57 by 63? That's huge. And it's true what he said, that most of those posters were probably meant for movie theaters. They weren't meant, it's just like... Um, when they made those uh, famous monsters like the Bride of Frankenstein and stuff, there's a story from this guy from Metallica that, that you know, he got this really rare mummy poster. I think it's like the only one they come across. And there's a story about a guy in New York who knew about a 25 sheet. Now, Joe, if you're not familiar with it, the 25 sheet posters are the posters, I think, that cover a billboard. They're huge. And one of the things about those posters is that some guy, I forget where, goes to a flea market and this guy pays like 40 bucks for a box where the guy tells him, I think there's a couple of posters in there. They look like they're okay. Now the guy never really bothered to see what type of poster it was. When the guy gets home, apparently, uh, now this wasn't the guy in New York. The guy in New York purchased the poster from this guy, but I think this happened in California or something the guy realized that it was a 25-sheet Bride of Frankenstein, if I'm correct. I could be wrong if that was a poster for old Frankenstein something. But the poster, he had only seen that poster in a catalog that was issued to the movie theaters back in the day. So he had never really seen the poster, what it looked like. or You know, he only seen a picture of the poster that's supposed to be a 25-sheet when this guy in New York was a big time collector, forgot his name, realized that he got on the phone, called the guy. I think they negotiated a price, which I'm sure the guy who paid the 30 bucks got a few thousand dollars for it. But I mean, it's it's one of those. Now, of course, unless you have a billboard, how are you going to put up the poster? You know, it, it's huge. But the, the, the whole thing is that that's, you know, the way they were made. And the, the fact, I think, that there's so many rare posters, especially on eBay, that measure 53 by, you know, I think it's 53 by 67. I'm sorry, 57 by 63. 57 inches by times 63. Um, and, and, you know, they're beautiful to get. They really look nice, man. But you do have to pay a heavy buck for them. And I've been one of those suckers that have been buying quite a few. I have about 30 of them. And... Uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm so excited to find the other one that I'm looking for, the bat, so I can put the two together because there's like brother and sister, you know, they need to be together. It's uh, it's something, Joe, that's my future adventure, finding that poster. <laughs> yeah, eventually it'll, it'll come around. You, usually when you're not looking for something, you know, they, they'll pop up at the most inconvenient time, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Joe, what is your favorite poster? Like, can you? Because remember, we were talking about in the last podcast, the type of artwork that they did for those monster films. Any monster film, any horror film in the thirty—I mean, well, actually, thirty, forties, and fifties—was phenomenal, man. I've never seen. You don't see posters like that anymore, but the ones back then are are just awesome. The way they were put together. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the posters from the 50s i really like how how a lot of those were done uh, especially the artwork you know you can't beat a good you know painted poster and i know what was it a few months back i had found that uh that giant king kong poster from the 76 movie and um can't remember the size of that one do you remember how big that was because you had that at your your old store window am i correct oh yeah well that that poster is actually from the 1939 film and what they did with that poster is where he's over the city of New York holding the girl in one hand. I forgot the exact story on it, but I know that there was some type of artist who took the hand, copied it, and took off the girl. So he's got his hands up uh, 
you know, up in the air over the, and it has uh, the New York City skyline in the front or, you know, towards the back of him, whatever. Uh, the thing about that King Kong poster, it was first sold. It was printed, I think, in 1971. And it was sold in Famous Monsters of Filmland, Creepy Magazine. Uh, I think you could also find it in the Tomb of Dracula, because if I'm correct, the Tomb of Dracula uh, was, is that published by Warren Publishing? The ones that you With have in your collection? I know that was Marvel. Okay, Marvel. I'm sorry. Uh, I know that most of the Warren magazines, like Vampirella and stuff, had the poster. Um, my poster, my original poster that I had it in display, the way I had my window in my magic shop, which, you know, there is film for it. But the guy who was my partner at the time in the magic shop uh, sent it over to Chile. <laughs> for, for his family in an old VHS tape. I was stupid, even though I, I became a photographer from college, that I never took a photograph. Or, I mean, of course, there's no cell phones. You got to buy a, a 35 millimeter, whatever. I just never took a, a photo of, the, of my magic shop, which is bizarre. And one of these days, I want to put an ad out to see if anybody did take a photograph of it because I would like to, to have a picture of it, you know? But the, the whole thing is I had the poster. I took a, The poster's huge. It's 60 inches wide, I think, by six, 60 inches tall. It's huge. And, or 50, you know, Joe, I'm not really sure if it's 60 or 54 inches wide, whatever. I know that when you get a four-foot sheetrock, a four-by-eight-foot sheetrock, it covered the entire sheetrock, and it actually folded around the, the sides of the sheetrock. And I remember taking a plastic... Um, protective cover and I put the plastic over it and I had it standing up in my window so when you looked at my magic shop what the background was this huge King Kong then I had purchased because I was selling at the time one of the companies that I had business with was uh, Morris Costumes and of course Franco American and SS Adams were my three suppliers and I used to buy um, this thing called the severed head and it was a cutoff head. You know, it's got the guy opening his mouth. And it, it, the wholesale price was like $35. So it was pretty expensive. And I get the head. And what I did with the head and my and my partner, we got a body and stuffed it. And we stuck the head into the, the torso of the body. And then what we did is we hung it from the ceiling with a, with a noose. And it was hanging there. The guy, so the guy was hanging the window. And then I got a professional cobweb machine that you attach to your drill. And then it shot cobwebs all over the window where the guy was. So it looked like the it had been there a hundred years. And I, I made like a fake backdrop of a window. So it looked like he was in a room there, whatever. And then to the to the left of it was the giant size King Kong. And then the store that I had, the storefront, was it looked like one of those New York City 1950s uh pharmacies and stuff like that. Because it was it had the same candy store or newspaper store, uh window and I the, the little shelves there I displayed all you know all the magic tricks I was selling inside it was a phenomenal window man that's why I wish I had a picture of it today I mean I, I just and I know there's film because they, they went they had v, this is the time Joe that the VHS camera you would carry a huge uh, briefcase which was the battery and you attached it to your shoulder and then you carry this huge VHS tape uh, video and the camera price sold for like $2,000 back then, right? Um, so not everybody had one. And um, he, my my partner, he uh, he took movies of it and sent it to his family over in Chile. Uh, like I said, I wish they could find it. I, I did see him. I hadn't seen him in years. And I did come across about a year or two ago. And I asked him, I said, hey, listen, man, do you think you can try it? He goes, Eddie. It's like finding a needle in the haystack, but he says, I don't want to promise anything, but yeah, it's still there. So that's, that's something I wish that someday it would be possible to get that video because it would be phenomenal. Now, um, another thing I want to bring up, and, and I mentioned that, is that that poster that you're talking about, because we're getting back into the conversation with the poster. Yeah, you know what, I'm just remembering it. Yeah, it was that... Uh... That black and white where he was over the skyline from the uh, the 1933 movie. And you said that came out in what, 71? 
first off? I, I be, yeah, I believe it says copyright 1971. But you know, Joe, my original poster that I had in the shop, when the fire took place in my storage facility, I had it in the second floor. There was apparently one of the people that worked there. They went inside my my thing because my wall was collapsing, and they told me that you know I went over there and I, I didn't have any help that day, so I wasn't gonna, I was going to come back the next day to pick up the stuff. And they went into this steel cabinet that I had there, and they stole about thirty Johnson Smith catalogs from the seventies, and they stole that poster from me. Uh, I, I I throughout the years, every time I went to flea markets and stuff, and I saw the person that I suspected, I always would look and see in the table to see if I could see any of my my stuff. I didn't see any. I know that they're saying there's kind of, I think this person did take the stuff. I never was able to pin him down. But anyway, God willing, God always takes care of me, my friend. I came across a copy of the poster, not a copy, an original poster with the original envelope that had a kid standing in front of the poster because my original envelope was just plain white. It didn't have the photograph of the kid. So I was able to get the poster at a very decent price. It was like under $130. And right now the poster goes for like five, six, seven hundred. In fact, Joe, I think you paid a little bit over three for yours, right? Yeah, with yeah, after taxes and, and shipping, it was uh yeah, just a little bit over three. Actually, I think about three thirty-three, because he had it up for I believe it was close to five, and we kind of negotiated a price back and forth several times and i finally was able to get it i believe for for three and then with with shipping and tax all that it was like 333 something like that yeah well the, the thing about that poster when it does come it goes for a lot of money and it usually sells out right away the thing about that particular poster unlike the french posters and stuff is that it was printed on a very heavy heavy stock glossy photo paper so you know it doesn't break when you bend it you know what i mean um, it's, it's really a good poster for the time. Um, a lot of people that bought the Jack Davis, which is that ugly looking Frankenstein, which people are going to probably curse me for saying that because it was, it is to this day, the best selling poster I ever sold. But the Jack Davis poster to me was a goofy looking, uh, Frankenstein and famous monsters. And I never really wanted it because I was, I wanted the green Frankenstein from the comic books. Anyway, Joe, I got to tell you, that poster, that funny-looking poster, <laughs> um, they, they came in a tube, and they also came folded. Uh, when I got my original, they sent it to me folded. And when you unfolded him because the paper's thinner, I can tell you, my friend, it looked like he was behind bars. It took a lot of Photoshopping to fix that sucker. <laughs> So that is probably the best-selling poster I've ever had. Uh, so like 49 of them in one single night when I first put it out, which is crazy. And, you know, and mentioning posters, uh, I was looking and, and, and people who have a copy of um, Mail Order Mysteries will see that there's a poster there for the Moon Monster. Now, as you guys know out there and people that don't know, I'm on page 154 of that book. Uh, 80% of the stuff in that book is either Ray Castillas or mine. Ray Castillas is mostly the mask and stuff like that. I have all the other stuff in there from the monsters to the ghost. Those are all my originals. And there is a moon monster poster I have in there, which, cause I have the original, I have two of the originals, the very first one ever printed of the moon monster where he's standing sideways. Now I, I told Kurt that that poster had to be very low resolution and stuff. Because, you know, I don't want people to just go ahead and copy it from there and stuff. But I am planning to, I think, release it soon, Joe. So we are going to probably release that poster on houseoftheunusual.com in the near future. So, uh, you know, Joe, uh, overall, I've been doing most of the talking here. Uh, I wanted to see your opinion. What are What is your opinion in all the, the posters and stuff? And what is it you want to do, Joe? You know what? I, I, over the years, I've... Well, I would say about 10 years ago, I was, I really started looking into uh, posters and lobby cards and I didn't know if I, I wanted to, to get too much into the posters because they, they can 
get very expensive and they they can be well, very space uh consuming so i i really started kind of looking for more lobby cards and those could get expensive as well but i've been able to find a lot of ones from you know kind of the um the serials from the 30s and 40s and really if i the only well really the only posters i kind of look for have have to be really I, I the artwork really has to grab me for me to to put the money you know into it and to to try to make the room for it now i i have a, a book you know kind of it's an archival book where i put the the lobby cards in which you know it doesn't take up much room so i can i have them in there nice they're they're in archival uh bags and they're they're very well protected and the posters that i do have you know i i have them hanging on the wall somewhere where i have a bunch of them in archival uh bags and boards you know kind of leaned up against the wall so that i could still you know take a look at them and and see them you know from time to time but you know posters are tough to get into because they they are expensive and some of the better ones are very very rare uh cuz you know most of the time when theaters had them and when the movie was done, they, they scrapped the posters, you know, they, they threw them away or they folded them up, put them in storage, you know, never to be seen again, you know, were thrown out. So yeah, posters are tough. Now I know there's a lot of people out there that, that solely collect posters. And I believe there's a guy up in Cleveland who I think he's in Cleveland, Ohio. If I remember correctly, that he was trying to get, I put one poster for every movie that is that was ever made. And I know the last time I heard he was in his 80s. So I, I don't know if he ever finished that. A, a good buddy of mine uh, knew him and sold him a bunch of, of posters because he owned a, a VHS store. So any posters that he had left over from that, he uh, he sold it to, to that gentleman. So I, I don't know. I'll have to kind of ask him that and maybe we'll do a follow up on here and see if that guy's still around or, you know, if he's still collecting posters. But, yeah, he was trying to get one poster for every movie ever made. Could you imagine trying to do that? Now, I know he had a warehouse specifically built to house all his posters, but, I mean, that that feat alone is just absolutely mind-blowing. So the, the situation with something like that is, like, I have about, I don't know, I would say between 37 and 43 French huge posters. Now, why do I buy the French? Because they're the artwork for some reason is a little better than the American version. And also um they're huge. When you see them and you you're like, wow, man, you know. And one thing I'm gonna say to you, and, and this is for <laughs> the posters themselves, there is one that I just recall right now when you're saying that people are trying. There was one that is Frankenstein. There's a lightning bolt. He's like on a slab of wood. And there's like the Dr. Frankenstein above him. And it's it's a Frankenstein poster. I do know that the poster is 108 inches long by like 36 inches wide. And I got it for $179. This is years ago. Uh. But that's what I'm saying. That, that, I think, was an Italian poster. The Italians went a little bigger than the French. But you know something, though, Joe? There's a poster that I bought, uh, I don't know, 2014, 2013. I don't know, sometime back then. It's of the Beatles. Now, it's a four-sheet poster. The total size of the poster, if I remember, is 144 inches wide by 122 inches tall. I remember putting it in the lobby of the place where I work and it covered like the entire lobby floor. There are four sheets and it shows the Beatles like they're sitting on a stool. Two of them are standing and two of them are sitting on the stool side by side. I only paid like 30 something dollars for the poster. I'm asking myself, where the heck did I put that poster? You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know, like I said, I have it. And it'll probably pop up pretty soon, maybe even tonight. Who knows? I'm, I'm over here tonight, probably to like late 
uh, trying to rearrange stuff like that. And I'm about to start pulling all my posters and looking at them uh, because I do. I'm, I'm actually anxious to find the the bat one, the the one that my friend Jim said I had. Um, well, I tell you what, it is definitely a, a good night because we both have have thunderstorms and all that. So it is definitely a good night to check out some some good horror posters or even some horror movies. So we're at the the top of the hour here, or the bottom of the hour, however you want to look at it for our, our podcast. So we're going to wrap it up here real quick. And I want to say thank you for everybody out there that that listens to us uh, week after week. For any of our new listeners, uh, thanks for joining us. We hope that you will stop back every week and check out our, our podcast. We put out every week comes out Thursday night at midnight or so. Somewhere around there, whenever it comes out. I know we we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of this one, so this one's going to take a little bit longer to get out. So it, it'll still be out early Thursday morning. I'm sure Eddie will be up all night trying to put it together, and he does a great job putting the uh, the episodes together. So uh, we also want to let everyone know to check out houseoftheunusual.com. Uh, that is our main site. We do have a free forum that you could join and sign up there. And we have some great conversations going on there. People are showing off some unbelievable items from their collection, man. It's making me making me jealous to see some of those horror items. So definitely love looking at that. And also head over to YouTube, type in House of the Unusual. Our site will pop up. Subscribe to the site. So that way you could get uh, updates to all of our, our videos when they, they are coming out. And, you know, give our videos a like if you so choose. Uh, Eddie does some hard work on putting those out. Chuck Caputo got some great videos on our site as well. And we're going to have some more unboxing uh, videos coming up here in the next few weeks. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So that's all I got, Eddie. And we are wrapping this up. So, hey, thanks for joining us in the, the great conversation on posters, man. I always enjoy you know, talking about the artwork and, and anything dealing with, with horror movies. So awesome. Well, that's right, Joe. And like I said, the only good thing about posters is whoever does collect them. I hope like uh, me, I'm trying to get some place where I can get a huge room with 13 foot high ceilings <laughs> that I can put them all in because it's very hard. It's hard to even look at them. Well, Not anyway, here. guys, have a great day. Great night. God bless everybody out there. And Joe, I'll be talking to you then again soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we will talk to you next time. Good night. Good night.